Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Born to Talk Radio Show. I'm your host, Marsha Witeka. Conversations plus connections equals community. Those are my three C's. The heart of my show is what's your story? It's my belief we all have stories. Some are similar, others are uniquely different. Storytelling brings the passions of my guests to life through our conversations. So be prepared to be entertained, informed, and inspired. Welcome to today's show. Happy Monday, everybody. Can you believe how close we are to the end of the year? It's just staggering to imagine. I'm very, very excited about today's show because not only am I talking with Girl Scouts of Orange County, but I've been reminiscing in my own life about my associations with Girl Scouts. And my guests today are Vicki Shep. She is the CEO of the Girl Scouts of Orange County. And Erin Johnson, and she has a nickname we'll talk about. And she is the camp director of Camp Sherman. Welcome to the show, Vicki. Hi, Marcia. I'm so happy to be on this podcast with you. Oh, me as well. And Erin, welcome to the show as well to you. Hi, Marcia. Thanks for having me. Do I call you Maverick from this point forward, or we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit, all right? <laughs> yep. Oh, I Can love you. Your either nickname. one. Okay, I love your nickname. So I thought it would be fun to just start the show out, I mean, uh, talking about a little bit about yourself, Vicki, and I thought I would start with you. Could you just tell our audience a little bit about yourself and and have us get to know you a little bit better? Sure, I'd love to. So I'm actually a local Orange County girl. I did Girl Scouts here in Orange County since I was in about third grade. And I have been involved in youth services most of my adult life. I've been with Girl Scouts of Orange County for just about a dozen years, and I've had a number of positions here. And on January 1st of this year, I became the CEO, which is my dream job. I just can't imagine doing anything else and really am on a quest to ensure that every girl has the life-changing opportunities that Girl Scouts provide that's 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 true. So you like me, I I have an I live in the same community that I also grew up in. What about you, Erin? Uh, let's hear a little bit about you, but also we we have to talk about our, our, our how we met because I think that's a pretty cool story as well. So share a little bit about about what you who you and I know mutually and about yourself as well. Absolutely. So we met last year at your cousin's uh, birthday party. And Uncle Phil and Aunt Susan are the aunt and uncle of my best friend, Stacy, and that's how we met at this random party that I came to, and I (laughs) happened to be wearing um, camp clothes because I just finished a weekend, and from there started this fantastic connection. Um, And like Vicki, I also grew up in Orange County as well, and I have been um, a lifelong Girl Scout in Orange County, and a position opened up a few years ago in the office and here I am and I haven't looked back since. And, and I I was telling you off, you guys both off the air before we got started today. I'm very much into social media as you would expect, because this is, this is the line of work I'm in and LinkedIn is one of the places that I belong and how happily surprised I was when our mutual friend 
Laval Brewer said, oh, you're having two fantastic women on your show. And I'm thinking, how do you know them? You're not a Girl Scout. And, <laughs> and it turns out that you both do know him. And I worked with him at the Westchester YMCA in the late 90s. And you both know him as well. So a shout out to Laval because, frankly, you just never know who's listening, do you? It's kind of, it's kind of the great thing about social media. So, yeah, and he's such a great talk- guy. He is a great guy. Um, so I understand that, you, like you mentioned, you both grew up um, in Girl Scouts. But what I'd like to know, and I'd, I'd like to really direct this question to both of you. So I'll start with you, Vicki. Can you tell us a little bit more about what Girl Scouts has meant to you and, and as children, as a child, and how your experience has shaped you to the woman that you are today? Uh, sure. So as I said, I, I joined Girl Scouts when I was in third grade. And in uh, fourth grade, my mom remarried a gentleman, and we were living in uh, Balboa Island, and it was a great experience for me doing Girl Scouts there and living there. But she announced that we were going to be moving, and I was distraught about moving, as a lot of kids are. My mom really did a smart thing, and she called the Girl Scout Council and said that explained a little of the circumstance and for that summer she was putting me at Camp Sherman and she asked that I be put in a a tent or a cabin with girls from Seal Beach which is where I was moving and sure enough when I got there I I was placed in a in a tent with a girl named Christy and we started chatting and realized we were going to be in the same grade at the same school in the fall and Christy looked at me and said well that's great my mom's the troop leader the Girl Scout troop leader so you're going to join our troop and it really was a wonderful experience to start a brand new school with a new family but I had Girl Scout sisters from that very first day and pretty much that cemented my my lifelong love of Girl Scouts it was really life-changing for me I went on to earn my first class award which is now called the Girl Scout Gold Award the highest award girls can earn I learned all about community service taking action I learned about being a leader and what it meant to be a, a female leader I had great role models travel experiences just all the wonderful things that Girl Scouts allowed me to do in a really great all-girl environment that that only Girl mm-hmm. Scouts could provide it's it's i'm i'm reflecting as you're speaking about that because um i would agree with you i i'm probably a little older than you are but i also joined um in elementary school too and when i was going through this friendship book and i was reading the names of who signed it and what they liked and i'm thinking oh she lived across the street oh she lived around mm-hmm. the corner oh you know um, yes. you immediately go right back to those days where you were, a, in my case, a brownie and, and then a Girl Scout. Erin, I'd like to hear um, your sort of your experience through Girl Scouts as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like I said, I grew up in Orange County, and I was in a troop from second grade all the way through high school. And um, like Vicki, I also went to camp, and through camp, I, you know, discovered more independence and more confidence. And I also met my two best friends there. So we've been friends for 25 years. And that's just one thing that, that I got out of Girl Scouts are these lifelong friends that became family. And because I was in Girl Scouts and because I went to camp, I was able to maintain those relationships. And now I have 
the amazing privilege to give back to that very same organization and camp that, that I grew up in. That's just, that, that's wonderful. I, I, I um, know, like I said, I, I mentioned this woman that her name uh, was Bernie Horst and she lived not far from me. Um, her husband was a, a, a orthopedic surgeon here in Westchester and she, and he was also involved in Girl Scouts with her, especially when it came time to do some of this uh, traveling camping. He was one of the drivers oftentimes. And and she stayed in Girl Scouts until her health prevented her. Um, and I have other friends that, that also stayed in Girl Scouts well beyond when their children um, finished um, scouting. And as I, as I was looking at some of the folks that have commented on Facebook regarding the show, um, there are people across the country that are saying, oh, my gosh, I just can't wait to listen to this show because um, what, what Girl Scouts meant to me in my life wherever they grew up. And I think that that's a beautiful thing. So, Vicki, when you get up in the morning, what just gets you motivated and started? Well, it starts with the girls, absolutely. I mean, I, it makes it so easy to come to work every day. And although I don't work with girls directly, I, I get a chance to interact with them on occasion. It's knowing that every day I get to help make a difference in the lives of those 20,000 girls. And they really motivate me. I, I, I see them change. I see them become the leaders that they're meant to be now. And I know that that means in the future they're just going to continue to make the world a better place. And that's that's what I that that's really what motivates me is knowing that one of these girls she's going to solve the homeless issue and another one who knows she might be a, a female president or another type of politician that makes changes to our country that really help make it a better a better place for all. And the hidden secret of our organization are the volunteers and what they do. And you talked about your your community member, Bernie, and Mrs. Cabe, who was my troop leader, and all of those women who volunteer countless hours, really a lot, a lot of hours. And not only do I get up for them, but I also know that they do it for the girls as well. And I see that they develop skills and have opportunities to be leaders. So it's really easy for me to get out of bed. Uh, and to mm-hmm. come to work and to be motivated. Well, that's that's great. Do you feel the same way, Erin? I do. I think you know, part of what we, why we do what we do is to, and we get to see that that difference that we make. And it might not be something that's instantaneous, but you see it over over the course of the years of of their involvement and their leadership abilities and their confidence that grows with decisions that they've made and looking at, you know, what that ripple effect is. And, you know, they get that sense of pride that I got to do that. I made that difference. Yeah, it's it's, it's very true. And, and like I said, I as I'm listening to you talk and I and I hear why you love what you do and your enthusiasm for it, it, it you know, it, part of me thinks, well, shoot, I wonder what more I can do than just buy cookies, you know, Um it, it those Girl Scouts are everywhere, you know, and they, somebody could always just lend a hand and just see what is it that's going on in your own community, wherever you live, that might allow you to bring. Maybe it's a one-time only skill set that says, "Hey, you know, I'm really good at doing this. Let me let me teach you how to do a fire starter." You know, I don't know why that just popped in my head, but I remember that learning that in Girl Scouts, and we're going to spend 
a lot of time talking about camp because for many of us it was every bit as important as going to our weekly meetings and, and working on our badge work. But are there some myths, Vicki, about Girl Scouts that you would like to debunk? Let this, this would be a good time to maybe talk about that. Yes, thanks for that opportunity. You know, there is a myth that Girl Scouts doesn't have a prestigious award. And so I really would love to debunk that. Our highest award, the Girl Scout Gold Award, has been recognizing the achievements of girls who demonstrate extraordinary leadership for over 100 years. Our girls typically spend one to two years on their Girl Scout Gold Award project. And during that time, they tackle a local or global community issue, such as poverty, illiteracy, or the environment. They choose something that they are passionate about, and they create long-term sustainable change. They have to take action to find what is that root cause and really look at it in a way that helps them create that long-term sustainable change. Girl Scouts who earn the Girl Scout Gold Award distinguish themselves in the college admission process, Many receive scholarships from colleges and universities across the country, and they will immediately rise one rank in any branch of the U.S. military because of earning that prestigious Girl Scout Gold Award. So really, put simply, yeah, it's really amazing. Girl Scouts uh, who earn the Girl Scout Gold Award change the world forever and for the better. I must tell you, seriously, that when you said what you just said, that gave me goosebumps. I didn't. I knew about the gold award because I know the girls in this community, and not everybody gets it. I mean, just because you're in Girl Scouts doesn't um, say doesn't say that you're gonna you're gonna achieve this high level because every girl number one doesn't necessarily want to. No no judgment, but mm-hmm. to, to get that prestigious award and then. If indeed, like you said, they decide to go into the military, I had no idea that that actually um, works for their advantage. I knew very well from, because of my experience at the YMCA and kids, girls that were in the youth and government program, many of those same girls were leaders there and leaders in their Girl Scout um, troop as well and maintained very high GPAs. So they really are the cream of the crop, and it, it, it's, I think that it's wonderful that you were able to really talk about that gold award. Erin? Uh, yeah, I could, I could talk an hour about it. And let me just add that in, in sure, 2018, please. we had 107 girls earn this award, and you know that's really an extraordinary number. So we know that those girls really are out in our community and beyond making a difference. So thank you for letting me talk about it. I really could talk about it for the whole hour, but I'll let you oh, ask so, Aaron the question. Well, but let me, let me follow up with what you just said. So 107 girls in your orange, do you still call them councils? Is that, is that what it's called? Or what? What is Orange yes, County? Are, What's the big picture? It is called yes, a council. So Girl Scouts of Orange County is a council, correct? Got it. And there are so 112 council. councils in the United States. Oh, all right. That's good to know. So there are 112 councils. You're one of them. And within correct. your council, there are like, did you say 20,000 girls? There are so nearly 20,000 girls who we serve. Wow. Yes. And is that from that, you know, it's really funny. Daisy Girl Scouts didn't really start until my daughter was probably in about the 
third grade. That that was just right. brownies and Girl Scouts until the daisies came in. So right. when you say that, that we start in that kindergarten almost, year. Sure. Now that's yeah. that's fabulous. I really, it's just 107 girls, and they're they're generally high school seniors. Is that correct? They're they're have they turned 18? Is that's not a requirement, is it? Or do you have to no, complete so, it by the time? They have to be in, right, right. They're in high school when they earn it, and they have to complete it by their, it's, the due date is like September 30th of their graduation year. So they have a little bit of time. It's actually not even connected with their age. It's connected with their membership year. I see. That's, 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 and, and you're right about college admissions. My son works in a university, and um, those you know, when you're trying to distinguish yourself, that is very distinguishing. It's pretty outstanding. It, um, it really is. Erin, um, uh, what would you tell yes. a parent today about why you think that their girls should join Girl Scouts? What would what would be, how would you promote it to a parent that was considering Girl Scouts for their child? I would tell the parent that enrolling their daughter into Girl Scouts would be a life-changing opportunity for them because only here will they be in an all-girl environment that is encouraging for them to try new things, that encourages them to challenge, it encourages them to understand that it's okay to fail and to get up and try again and that eventually they will succeed and they have this endless support system and that they're able to, you know, with the with the product sales portion, they're able to be their own business manager and learn how to manage money and how to make decisions. And these are all skills that follow them regardless of what they end up doing in their life. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you in that regard. Um, if there really are life skills that, that, that is purposeful, um, that's why we have these books. <laughs> um, when, when, we, when we talk about Girl Scouts as a, as a national organization, um, and then you you have your local um, council. Maybe you could just I know for those that may not have uh, read my my blog this week on my website borntotalkradioshow.com. There's my plug. Um, maybe you could just talk a little bit about um, sort of the historical side of this national organization and Juliet Lowe. I'd love to do that. So Julia Gordon-Lowe started Girl Scouts back in 1912, and since then we've been preparing girls to empower themselves for a lifetime of leadership and become the go-getters, innovators, risk-takers, and leaders our world needs. This is an acronym we call GIRL, G-I-R-L. Today, Girl Scouts is the largest nonprofit organization for girls and women's leadership, and our mission is to build girls of courage, confidence, and character who make the world a better place. As I said, nationally, we have 112 councils, which is a network of more than 50 million girls and women across generations. Yes, it's it's extraordinary, isn't it? Our unparalleled... I mean, this is unparalleled, girl-led program. It's designed for, with, and by girls to enable them to practice leadership in the areas of STEM, the outdoors, life skills, and entrepreneurship. And they develop skills that will benefit them their entire lives, as Erin said. So it doesn't matter if a girl is interested in starting her own business, coding the next social network, or changing public policy. Girl Scouts provides 
all girls a home to discover their skills, their talents, and their passions. And they connect with people of all backgrounds and experiences. They take action to create the change they want to see in the world. And in addition to the 20,000 girls we serve, we also have 13,000 adult members and volunteers. And these come from every Orange County zip code. Our volunteers and girls are giving over 500,000 hours of community service every year to our community. Wow, that's that's really dramatic, isn't it? My goodness. I want, you know, I I personally know what STEM is, but for those listeners that that is not maybe from, uh, familiar with STEM, would you like to just define what that means? Certainly. It stands for science, technology, engineering, and math. And it's right. one of our Some core program areas. It's it's you're seeing it more and more in schools, and you're seeing more and more um, girls and women going into the technology um, that was as much different than when I was a child growing up. And girls Likewise. basically became nurses and teachers. You know, they, they, they there was this sort of that point, or or homemakers, which is what I became. Um, but the this the fact that um, Girl Scouts is ever evolving and and helping girls and young women um, to these other levels is it's it's tremendous. And within your council, uh, do you have any idea how many troops that represents? Sure, we are uh, about eighteen hundred troops. I don't know the exact number off the top of my head, yeah, but it's but right about. around eighteen hundred troops. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they, and they and yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I, I was just going to say, I'm thinking about my own experience, and it sounds like very similar to yours where it started in schools. Do you find that, that many troops um, start their organization by by who they go to school with? Yes, that's the typical way troops are organized. But we also have troops that are organized around particular interests. We have some troops who are organized around their faith community as well as, as you said, with the school environment. So it it depends on how they're entering the program, but it mm-hmm. is always, you know, a, a great experience. Our, our troops average... 12 girls per troop, but some troops are what we call super troops, and they'll have 50 girls in them, and those girls really have an, a different type of experience, but just as strong as, and just as important. So we we allow girls and the volunteers to create their own experience. It's really girl-led. Mm-hmm. Is it seasonal? Does Girl, Scout, does Girl Scouts meet like starting in August or something and go through June or do you do you meet and have activities year round? Girl Scouting is a year round program. The troop experience typically is a school year, but we find more and more that troops will do summer activities. Plus we have of course Camp Sherman as well as day camps. We have STEM activities all summer. We have specialized programs throughout the summer. So Girl Scouting never stops and it provides girls opportunities to do things both in a troop environment as independent girls as well as in in specialized groups around Mm -hmm. um, like we have a robotics group 
and we have a high adventure group. So there are different ways that girls can experience Girl Scouting, and certainly they can they can do it all year long. Okay, I'm really digging very deep into a memory, and I don't even know if I have this right, and I hope I'm not mixing it up with my son being in Cub Scouts. There used to be something called, was it called the Jubilee? Is that Girl Scouts? Is that even familiar to you, where Girl Scouts came from all over the country to a location? So they they used to do a senior roundup where they came from oh, all over the country, and that might be what you're remembering. Um, that they yes. they stopped that I think in the 70s. Locally, we have troops who come together in Cadetorama at the middle school level, and that's been going on. Actually, I'm looking at my Girl Scout vest, which is hanging on my wall, and I have the Cadetorama patches. Um, I'll age myself now, but from 1974 and 1975, and it's been going on now for 50 years. So it, it, that was even after it started. We also have an opportunity for our older girls to get together in GAM, which is a boating and aquatic competition and fun gathering for girls. So we still do those gatherings, uh, and they are really meaningful and great experiences for our girls. Sounds to me like um, Girl Scouting has is even more. I don't want to say more, but but really relevant to what is happening today with with young girls and and they're really being exposed. I, I presume you still work on a a badge book. Is I think that's what it was called. Is that is that? Am I remembering that correctly? Do you have a book that they use to 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 go through to to get badges, or is that not something you do any longer? Oh, no. Well, and you said it. Girl Scouts is continually evolving. We've really work hard to meet the needs of the 21st century girls. And just this year, Girl Scouts introduced 30 new STEM and life skills badges. So, yes, girls still earn badges. They're in the areas of college prep, engineering, computer science, and environmental stewardship. And those go hand-in-hand with the existing badges and other national program that we have, which are in everything from troop camping, outdoor art, cooking, all kinds of legacy badges as well. So although girls don't necessarily have the same type of handbook they had when you and I were girls, they have the Girl's Mm -hmm. Guide to Girl Scouting. Plus they have, uh, of course, in this day and age, they have digital access to their experience through online resources. And our troop leaders have what's called a, a volunteer toolkit. So we've evolved and stayed as relevant as possible and kept up with the times in terms of both our programming as well as how that program gets delivered. Okay, so here's another flash from the past. Do you still have that ceremony called bridging? Where you Absolutely. Go from oh, gosh, do you remember? Yes. Wait, wait, what, what was it called, spinner turnaround? What was it? There was, there was a certain thing you said of that, right? I can't remember well, what it was, but it gave me goosebumps. Yeah. 
Yeah, so bridging goes from one level to the next. Some some groups might have done a particular phrase or saying, and it is yes. still an ongoing tradition. We have bridging events both at the local level where a troop will do a bridging event. We have larger gatherings. Coming this year, we're going to do a national bridging event week, and we're going to be doing our bridging event at Disneyland with all levels. And so we also have a bridging event at Camp Sherman every year in the spring. We have lots of different opportunities for girls to, to to experience bridging, which is a very important ceremony in the Girl Scout tradition. Wow, um, Vicky, I'm gonna I'm gonna set aside a couple of these other questions and come back to them um, as we move through here because I do have some some questions I want to specifically ask you. But, Erin, I wanted to bring you in just for a moment, or, or not just for a moment, but I, I mean, we're talk, we've talked about camping and we've talked about Camp Sherman and we've talked about the fact that you have the name um, of Maverick. Maybe there's a story that you do or don't want to share about that, but I do think it's pretty cute. Um, I'd, I'd love to hear about Camp Sherman and, and what your outdoor programming is like um, um, and, and your responsibility is as the camp director. Absolutely. Well, so my camp name is Maverick, and all of our staff have camp names. And uh, some of the fun history behind that is that when camps were first being established, you, you know, it's not polite for a child to address an adult by their first name, and they didn't want to keep it as formal as they would with school and call, you know, someone who's supposed to be fun and engaging, you know, Mrs. Smith. So they came up with camp names, and these camp names stick with the staff for forever unless they're lucky enough to maybe change it up. Uh, I came up with my camp name in the 90s when I was going through our leadership program, and I had discovered the movie Top Gun and thoroughly mm-hmm. was enamored with it. So I mm-hmm. came up, you know, I took that name Maverick, and it has been with me for the last 20 20 odd years and um so that's yeah that's you know and we have camp names that you know maybe are part of that staff person's childhood where it was a childhood nickname it's maybe their favorite character in a movie or a book um so there's all kinds of variations you know i'm sorry i just keep doing this but you just brought up another thought so Bernie Horse, that's the name I knew her as, but that is not the name they knew her as in Girl Scouts. No, her name was Tigger from Winnie the Pooh. And that's, you're right, yep. every, all of those adult women had nicknames. And, and you know, it's, I'm sure if you were to just ask, you know, all these young people that, that knew Bernie, they certainly would never have called her Bernie or Mrs. Horse. They Simply called her Tigger. I just, I, that's fabulous. I think that's so cool. So, where, where is Camp Sherman? I don't even, I don't really know where it's located. So the camp is located in the San Jacinto Mountains, which is right above Palm Springs, Palm Desert area near Idlewild. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, um, and it's about two okay. and a half hours outside of Orange County. All right. And what are some of the uh, what is I know I went to Girl Scout camp. What are some of the how tell me a little bit about the actual offerings and that whole camp program. You know what what's that? Tell me a little bit about that. 
Absolutely. Um, we are fortunate to have a camp that sits on uh, 700 acres. So we wow. have a vast amount of offerings that are available to all of our Girl Scouts, ranging from the pool. We have an archery range. We have two lakes where they can kayak and canoe and learn to sail. One of the programs we've done in the past during the summer is paddleboard yoga, which the kids really like. Uh, we have horses during the summer. Uh, we have arts and crafts, which, you know, we we do more than just, you know, lanyards or different things like that. One summer we took the kids up a hill and they did sunset paintings with oils and learned the concept of that. We have a STEM unit where the girls learn how STEM can meet the outdoors and they learn about the chemistry of ice cream and tie-dye. And so you're tying in all of these learning lessons into something fun. Wow. How, who writes the curriculum? Does this, is, it, is this something that you get from a higher above the council level? How, how do you go about pulling this all together as staff? That sounds like a lot. We have an amazing camp staff that are endlessly creative, and we come together to look at what has been popular in the previous summers and what we can do to improve it for the next year, and we we implement it that way. So it's endless creativity by our camp team. And how long, when you go to, to Camp Sherman, how long are you there? Are you there for um, a week? Uh, our sessions during the summer are five to 12 days, and so the staff and I are there for about six to eight weeks, depending on arrival times. Got it. So one group leaves, the next group comes in. Correct. And how many, how many campers can actually be there on the premise at one time? I mean, is that a, uh, is we that a lot? We typically will see about 100 to 150 a week. But if we wow. if we could fill every bed, we could see just over three hundred in a in a session. Interesting. And are they in tents, cabins, or combos? Uh, we mainly are in cabins, and we have two different kinds of cabins. We have our lower camp cabins, which are a little bit more rustic, but it's a fully enclosed cabin with bunk beds and windows and doors. And then we have our ranch house cabins, which are more dormitory style again, with bunk mm-hmm. beds, but those have heat and electricity, and the bathrooms are located inside. So oh, instead of having the girls yeah. go outside and walk to the bathroom, they, ha- they have it right outside the door. That's, that's nice. That's, that, I mean, you know, the, those things are important. Um, why, why do you think that, that it's really important for these girls to be outside today, especially especially girls? What, what do you, what's, what's the thought behind that? I think it's important for them to be outside because it's a new, it's something new and different. It's an opportunity to learn and, and play. And gone are the days when, when I was little and I ate breakfast and I was gone for the day and I had to be home before the streetlights came on. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, they're, there's an opportunity that's lost if the girls are not able to go outside and explore and challenge themselves and problem solve and try and figure stuff out rather than just sit inside and, you know, not, not challenge themselves. Um, We know that when the kids go outside, their confidence and independence increases. And 
that 50% of the girls said that Girl Scouts provided them with an opportunity to experience the outdoors in ways that they wouldn't have done otherwise. You know, speaking of resource um, and, and successes, um, I'm going to jump back to you, Vicki, because I, I, there's a question that I wanted to ask you about, and that is, is there research that's actually supporting how Girl Scouts are being so successful? Is there some, is there some way that you are able to calculate that? Yes. We, Girl Scouts understands the vital connection between young girls' development and their future success. And our programs are research and evidence-based, reported on through the Girl Scout Research Institute. We've found oh. Girl Scouts has proven, yes, so we have a, a, our own research institute, not here in Orange County, but this is a national institute. And they found that Girl Scouts is proven to help girls thrive in five keys, key ways, sense of self, positive values, challenge-seeking, healthy relationships, and community problem-solving. We also know through this research that compared to their peers, Girl Scout alum have higher perceptions of self, higher rates of volunteerism and civic engagement, higher rates of college education and household incomes. So really we know that we have the the secret sauce, if you would, in girl yeah. leadership. We really are the best all-girl experience. Gosh. That, I, we also... That's, you know, one last thing is that mm-hmm. um, that I'm excited about this, that Girl Scouts really does fuel the female leadership pipeline. Fifty percent of female business leaders, 80 percent of female tech leaders, and over 70 percent of female U.S. senators and 100 percent of female U.S. secretaries of state were Girl Scouts. We're really Whoa. proud of that. Gosh, that needs to be publicized more. You know that. I mean, I'm gonna. I'm doing my little part here, but I may, when we get off the phone, I may want to get back with in touch with you and get some of these statistical things that I could include in my blog for people to read about. Because what you just said, I don't think most people know, and it's too bad. We we live in a time when. Um, Good news is so much more important than bad bad news, and this is a that's a really that's staggering. That's that's that just must fuel you to to want to do what you're doing when you know that statistically you can show that this through this research that you guys are having this kind of success. Why wouldn't every parent want their daughter? to be in scouts and I know it's not going to be for everybody everybody doesn't want to necessarily do this but certainly I'd like to think I know through PTA and the and the involvement that I had in schools that you you would want your daughter to at least know and have this opportunity and maybe you know we're so separated now in our schools you can go down one neighborhood and you might have girls of very similar ages, and some go to private school, and some go to charter schools, and some go to parochial schools, and some go to neighborhood schools. And maybe mm-hmm. sometimes they decide, let's just put a, a Girl Scout troop together with us as neighbors because we don't see yeah, each other at school. You know, seriously, that let's, um, that's one of the things when I was associated with the Y and youth in government, those kids didn't all go to the same school but they shared the same community, so they had that in common, but maybe socially they never saw each other. 
and I think that that would be a really another great way of of recruiting um, young people, particularly today in schools, because people are are choosing so many different. There are so many more choices. When you, when I was sending my kids to school, you went to your neighborhood school. There was no that that was your option. But I would yeah. think that by um, putting people of like interest or community would be another just a just a terrific way. And I, I want to go back to you, Aaron, when we were talking about camp. I would imagine that you've seen some incredible transformations um, with some of these girls that have been in outside programs, haven't you? We really have. And, you know, as a whole, you see these girls that come up on Monday and they're a little nervous or not quite sure what's going to happen. But when we send them home on Friday, they, you know, they hold their head up a little higher. They have a better understanding of themselves and they know that they can tackle these challenges and, and be successful. And we have one camper who has come up since she was in third grade and recently just finished our leadership program. And she's ready to apply to be staff this summer. And last summer she even said to some of her leadership staff, I'm not quite sure if I'm ready, you know, what if I need another year? But by the end of her session, she tackled those those areas that she was unsure of, and she, you know, helped a girl get over homesickness. She led a cookout and was able to make these decisions that two weeks prior she, you know, was uncertain that she hmm. was going to be able to do it. And she left at the end of the summer saying, I'm coming back. How long till I can apply? And she was the first application that came in two weeks ago when we opened up jobs for the 2019 summer. And what you you what you what did you call her? What was the word that you used as the application? What is she applying for? She applied for was staff. A, so we ha- so oh, our staff. our I'm summer sorry, camp staff. staff. Yeah, right. Got it. And and she's still herself in high school, or she is she beyond high school? She's graduating this year. Wow! So she turns eighteen so, in another month and a half, and that makes mm-hmm. her eligible to be staff. And she has applied, and she is raring to go. Isn't that great? So you you give back what you got, and um, and she understands. She understands because she's been closer to the age of those people than than you guys are. And she and, and she, you know, bullying and social media and the kinds of things that are going on today. They weren't. They weren't around when we were in scouts and when my daughter was in scouts none of those things were were even possible and so i would imagine that there are a lot of areas that um you're talking about today that were just were not discussed you know 30 years ago absolutely for sure. and it's it's more prominent and with the use of social media it's you know it's there's something that's always there and supplying these girls with a safe place and people around them that are positive and encouraging, you know, keeps them going and they in turn are able to cycle that back to everybody else that they interact with. No kidding. And, you know, you, you really made camp sound like a magical place. And um, I can visualize it. I can remember being frightened to go in the swimming pool. I can remember how exciting it was to shoot my first bow and arrow and, and, not doing it correctly and burning the left side of my arm because the 
string was too close and not doing it right. I, you know, I remember getting on a horse for the first time. I mean, those were a lot of firsts. And, and then you do it in association with friends. Um, I just, you have helped me so reconnect and remember how wonderful those times were. I mean, really, I, it's, it's such a pleasure to talk with you about something that as I look back was so prominent in, in going to camp and seeing the stars at night and having s'mores and just those things that you just, honestly, you just don't ever forget. And I, I just want to follow that up because now I'm thinking about, so what do you tell that parent who might be very nervous about sending their daughter away to camp for the first time? Because how old can you be to go to sleep? We used to call it sleepaway camp as opposed to day camp. How old, how old, um, what, what grade level can you be in to go to Camp Sherman? Well, our, for the summer sessions, our youngest camper has to be going into second grade. And what we also Ooh. tell the parents is that we have our weekend camps during all year round, and those are open to all levels. So girls as young as daisies can come up, and we have specially, special, specialized weekends uh, for example, we have a brownie daisy weekend, so only brownie daisies and their moms come up. So they're able mm. to have an experience, and they come up on Friday, participate in various activities that we have open, so everyone gets an opportunity to go to the archery range or to do canoeing, um, to go on a hike. And all of our weekend camps are um, available throughout the year, and some of them are you know, geared towards outdoor badges or we'll have a STEM weekend. We have a mom and me, we have a me and my guy. So we have opportunities for the parents to come up with their girls to kind of see what the camp looks like. We also have opportunities for the girls to come up with their troops and maybe tent camp and do a cooking weekend where they're having that outdoor experience and becoming independent with their troop and learning what they need to pack and how to prepare for a weekend out. And we have found that 60% of our new campers were direct feeders from our weekend camps. And while oh, that second grade sense. seems yeah. like a young age to send their send a, a little girl up, the girls are ready. It's the parents who are not quite ready for the child to be ready to come to camp. <laughs> that's and that's you know fabulous. Yeah. One thing I want to add to that too is that we really take girl safety as a primary issue and we have a great ratio of adults to girls as Erin said some of our counselors are young 18 year olds but we have a lot of experienced well-established mature counselors and directors as well and girl safety as I said is the number one thing so the experiences that the girls have help create an environment for safety it's an all-girl environment and we are ACA accredited as well, which means we reach the highest standards for a camp. So we, we have a very high confidence that when a parent sends their daughter to Camp Sherman, they're going to have a quality experience and a very safe, disconnected from the Internet, disconnected from the TV, and really a great time to just 
be with other girls. Be in the moment. Learn from these resources. Yeah, be in the moment. That's a great way to put it. So it, it's a great magical place, as, as um, Aaron said, and, you know, it's also the camp I went to as a little girl. So I know that I went as a young girl, and, and I attribute a lot of who I am from those camp experiences as well. That's, you know, it's, 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 it, there's not many people that start with something as young as a child and find themselves employed in that same <laughs> genre. And I, I, I think it's pretty remarkable that you're the CEO, and congratulations on your one-year anniversary coming up Thank so you. very soon. What, what are you, what are you, Vicky? What are you actually focused on right now as the CEO? What, what, where are you headed? Well, I'm really committed to making sure that every girl has the opportunity to benefit from Girl Scouts' life-changing programs. Uh, I, I spend a lot of time making relationships to help Girl Scouts grow in new communities, I'm working with educators, with funders. I'm looking at the ways that we can reach those girls who haven't had opportunities. We have a fantastic program called Comadres, uh, which is where we work in the communities where Girl Scouting maybe not well-known. The parents might be monolingual Spanish speakers, and we come in and help provide program for those girls. And really, we're looking at all the places in Orange County where there are opportunities to provide girls with these life-changing programs. So my job is really to find the, the ways to give the girls the opportunity. That means both finding, you know, I don't personally find the leaders, but finding those opportunities where women and men will step up and be leaders as well as those people who will support us with resources. So I, I stay pretty busy. I, I spend a lot of time out in the community and I, I can't stop talking about Girl Scouts. So it's, it's pretty easy to be passionate and to, to get others on board. It, it's, it's clear uh, that that absolutely comes through. And I, I, so what would you say is is the I'm I think I already may know the answer to this but if I if I pinned you and I said what's your favorite part of your job as as the CEO is there is there something you can point to or is it all of the above it, it really is all of the above, but it, it goes back to you really knowing that we are making a difference in the world. And, and the fact that I get to um, have this great honor to be the CEO of an organization that I care so much about, and as you said, that I started out in and gave me so much, you know, my favorite part really is is be is giving back and and seeing that long term result. You know, I've I've now been here long enough that I've known girls who have had these long term experiences and as as Aaron talked about where we see them when they start off as a as a little girl and what they grow into. It's just I, I can't tell you how much I love my job and I can't imagine doing anything else. Yeah, it, it's it it's it's very fulfilling not everybody loves what they do but they have to work um clearly another message that hasn't been stated but is so so very obvious to me is when you love what you do that's it doesn't get much better to be honest with you and frankly um i love what i do um i love the opportunity every week to have one or two guests join me to talk about what's so passionate about their lives because I think it gives hope. 
I think it is a connection. I think that it's an inspiration because maybe there is somebody out there that, you know, finds themselves, you know, kind of bored. Um, maybe yeah. they're, they've retired from their career and maybe they were an English teacher or maybe they were a PE teacher or maybe they were whatever they were. They were in the, um, they were an, an electrical engineer. They were, mm-hmm. all, they were a nurse something that that they were passionate about, maybe they retired from or they've cut back their hours, imagine how fabulous it would be if you were that nurse and you said, you know what, I know you must have to have a nurse up at camp or somebody that can do first aid. That seems obvious. Mm -hmm. Um, How could I get involved? And then you find yourself speaking to Rotaries or Kiwanis or Lions or wherever you might go where the nonprofit world is always looking for speakers. I I know that the organizations that I belong to are always looking for speakers. I would imagine that you are well sought after to talk about what scouts are doing in Orange County. I mean, it's just, I, 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 and you know, for somebody that might be listening that doesn't really know where Orange County is, maybe you could sort of give them a sense of, of the scope of what, where we're talking. It's not just Disneyland. <laughs> Yes, I mean Orange County is so diverse, and that is sometimes the there's an image of of the OC, but Orange County is is extremely diverse. You know, we're sandwiched in between Los Angeles and San Diego, and we have Riverside on the on the side of us. But we're although a small ge- geography, we have um, mm-hmm. a very diverse community. We have uh, a growing Latina population. We have uh, quite a diverse community, both in Irvine and Anaheim and Santa Ana. I mean, every single city in Orange mm-hmm. County really has quite an, a diverse experience. And one thing that we know is Girl Scouts has been diverse from the beginning. We've always been about inclusion. One of the great things that we have right here in Orange County is uh, we have a, a few of our mosques that have started troops, and the Islamic Wonderful. girls have opened up those those experiences to other girls and really broken down some of the barriers we have um the orange county buddhist church has a girl scout tradition that goes back a number of years the vietnamese community has a long-standing history of girl scouts and a, a, a connection to us that's just fascinating and uh really an interesting model of girl scouting that we appreciate so much so there, there's really so much to Orange County. There's, um, there's of course, the beach and the surf community, and we have girls mm-hmm. out there, and they're doing surf camp. And then we have girls who are, are doing uh, all kinds of things in different parts of the community. So the, the thing that I would love for the country to know, anybody who's listening, is that Orange County really does have it all. I mean, we have, um, we have beaches, we have hills, we have mountains, we have um, – people who are experiencing hard times and we offer Girl Scouts mm-hmm. to to girls at the OC rescue mission. So it doesn't matter where wow. a girl is in Orange County, um, she can have a Girl Scout experience and really we, we are so much more than Disneyland, although um, we also have a Girl Scout experience there. So, you know, we really mm-hmm. make it what the girls want to experience and what they can experience. And, you know, they fund their own experience in so many ways as well, so they get to to make it what it is. Oh, that that that's even more meaningful when they when they make the direct correlation that 
whether it's their cookie drive or whatever they might be doing, that that that's that's pretty exciting. Um, Aaron, I'd like to ask you this question because um, camp is such a big part of scouting. Um, what what what's what, what's going to be new? Is there anything new that that you can expect um, at Camp Sherman this coming summer? Well, funny you should ask that question. We are in the works of um, designing and building a high ropes course, which has been in the long time coming. So <clears throat> that will be our new our newest addition to add on to our existing low ropes challenge course. So. Once yeah, that, that is yeah. in, that that will be that's really really exciting for us. Yeah, boy, you got to really trust when you do that. That is a definite, you know. I got your back, meaning I got your back. You, that that the high Absolutely. rope is really, really something. Oh my goodness! You know, when you mentioned your location, um, for people that that um, follow the news and have heard about some of the just horrible, horrible fires that we've had up and down our state. Were you at all affected um, and at your camp area with any fires near you? We actually were. We, um, we had to evacuate due to the Cranston fire, and that was located in the town of Idlewild. Yeah, I, I, that's, that was like last year, correct? The Cranston fire? Yeah, that fire. was in July, and we um we were one of the lucky camps that actually we did not sustain any damage at all we were able to safely um evacuate all of our campers all of our staff and we uh you know there are several camps that were not so lucky but we were one of the lucky ones and thanks to the fire personnel as well as um, our own staff we were able to implement our evacuation plan and it went flawlessly Boy, you know, you don't ever want to be um, put to the test of a real evacuation plan as opposed to the practice one. But um, I'm I'm really happy to hear. I I thought that that was maybe in that area um, where you um, have your camps. For people that are listening, Vicki, and they're thinking, man, I really want to get involved, how would somebody – go about getting more involved, particularly with the Orange County um, Council? Sure. You know, we are a nonprofit, so there are a number of ways uh, to get involved. We really want more girls to benefit from the life-changing programs Girl Scouts provides, and we need more volunteers who, as we said, are the lifeblood of Girl Scouts to deliver the Girl Scout leadership experience to girls in our communities. So to join, volunteer, donate, or reconnect with Girl Scouts, it's quite simple. They can visit our website at girlscoutsoc.org. That's girlscoutsoc.org. Mm-hmm. Yes. Girlscoutsoc.org. That, you have a That's lovely right. website. And um, I, I'm looking at it as we're speaking, and there are a lot of different things that people can visit. But I also want to encourage those of you that are listening in other parts of the country or state that isn't um, going to be close to the Orange County location, that you simply go um, look up Girl Scouts in your community and see um, – you know what they what you could do to i mean maybe you're maybe you love to cook maybe you'd be a a person that would like to help 
in a in a cookout or something like that. I mean, there are so many ways. And I think about some of the women that I knew when I was in in Girl Scouts with my daughter that still live in this community, and it, it's it's just it's remarkable. It is such a sisterhood, and it I think it needs more attention. Frankly, I, I'd I'd like to see some of the local news stations maybe cover what you guys are doing do you ever do you ever make it to the local news down in orange county we do we have a great uh communications team here and they do work on that but you are welcome to talk about us all you want and uh you know as you said if folks get on um the you know it's easy to find their local council there's also the girl scout network on linkedin so that's another place to connect and to start to Mm -hmm. connect to other to other girl scouts and we certainly as you said there are lots of different ways to volunteer there's a troop leadership but there's so much more as you said there's there's opportunities to come in as a speaker or to go up and camp and do a specialized unit with with maverick and the others up there so there's lots Mm -hmm. and lots of ways to to get involved and uh, the local at the local level and um, that's pretty easy to find on the web well it's it's i knew that this would be uh, an hour that would fly by because um not not every time not every show do i have a personal connection to the the speakers i i do have to tell you though um, it just so happens that this year, Christmas and New Year's Eve are both on Mondays. And my mm-hmm. son and daughter-in-law will be arriving from Tucson um, the end of this week. And so I was saying to Dave, I said, you know, he's been on my show once before from a, on a professional level. I said, what if we just did a show together and we brought in one of your cousins and we just had a cousin show talking about how we've experienced these holidays over the year when you were children. So I believe that that's probably what we're going to do next Monday. I think it should be tons of fun. And I would just like to let our listeners know that I'm out there. You know, there are private people, there are public people. So if you've never visited my website, it's really simple. It's borntotalkradioshow.com. My email, put Marsha in front of it, and then you can email me. I'm a podcaster. I used to be in a studio. Now I'm a podcaster. So for those of you that have an iPhone, you can simply go to podcast icon and type in Born to Talk Radio Show and subscribe to my show each week, and it will just download to your podcast icon. If you're an Android, you can go to Google Play and do the same thing. I'm on Stitcher. I'm on Blog Talk, which is what we're using now. I'm in Tuned In. I'm all over the place, and Facebook, and Twitter, and LinkedIn, and Instagram. Hello, did I miss anything? So um, (laughs) there's a lot to manage, but that is how the word gets out, and that is how Laval reminded us that we know each other or that my cousin invited us to meet Aaron, and and there we have it, you know. Um, So there are lots of ways for people to be connected and I am so in favor of being inclusive and not exclusive. So I just want to thank the both of you for joining me today. Maybe we'll do this a year from now and make it an annual event. But thank you for taking the time out of your very, very busy time and spending this hour with me. I'm 
so very grateful for your time. Well, thank you so much for this opportunity, Marcia. We've really, it's been fun. We really appreciate your time as well. Oh, good. Thank you, Marcia. All right. My pleasure, Erin. Maybe I'll see it at a family event. Um, but for Absolutely. right now, I'm just, wouldn't that be so fun? But for now, I'm going to just say thank you and goodbye. We're going to play this little cute little music that takes us out. Happy Merry Christmas to everyone and Happy New Year. And thanks for joining me once again as we come to the end of the year on the Born to Talk radio show. Bye for now. <laughs>